You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Pirates a bit with a new general manager in place and an interesting name that was mentioned on the trade block. We will discuss the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, finishing up our trip around the Central. And that's pretty much going to be the focus of the show. There is uh, not a whole lot of news. We could talk about the players from Japan being posted, but it's really an unimpressive crop, and I don't think one that is going to generate uh, huge uh, posting uh, values. Uh, uh, Tutsugo is a has defensive limitations, and he's... He's a masher, but with a high strikeout rate. I, I don't know if anyone would ever give that $25 million guarantee just to get him. That's a lot to get for a guy that feels like he is kind of, you know, there's no guarantee that he won't, uh, that he's going to be a star, that he's going to be more than an average player. There's a high amount of risk, and I think there's going to be a lot of teams who just don't even bother bidding. Um, the other interesting thing is that Uriel, Yuli Guriel is going to, opt into his contract, not opting out um, in terms of he could have opted into arbitration, but he's instead going to take the, uh, I think it's like $8 million that was officially guaranteed. That's probably a smart move by him. Another interesting piece of uh, information came out, you know, that the the twins are for Jake Odorizzi signing, people thinking that was going to hurt their money. You know, they've met with Zach Wheeler. They uh, they want to meet with Madison Gumgardner. They've already offered Yasmani Grandel a multi-year. Oh, that was last year when they offered him a multi-year contract. See, that's the problem with the, the podcast. I was like, that's shocking because they've got some good catching prospects and Mitch Garver broke out. So, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see that happen. But uh, they are being aggressive and chasing pitching, which they have to be. They have two starters right now. The other three-fifths of that rotation are currently free agents. So let's talk about a name that came up today um, with the Pirates, the thought being that they might be in for a total, complete, another teardown. Um, Starling Marte and Keone Kela were kind of the names that had been thrown around, but a new player was talked about and you know mentioned to a lot of big-name organizations, big-money teams, but I think he could make perfect sense to the Indians, and that's Josh Bell, Pirates' first baseman. He is a switch hitter, a horrible defender, if you get him, he is at DH and Fran Mill is in the outfield because uh, Fran Mill is a better defender in the outfield than Josh Bell is at first base. But either way, he's 27 years old, talking about a player in his prime who is not going to be a free... You have him for the 2020 season, 2021, 2022. You get three years of control. All of those are going to be arbitration years, and they are going to get pricey, though. Because this past year, you know, he finished so it's his first year, third in the Rookie of the Year, 26 home runs kind of regresses in his sophomore year and this year at age 26 37 doubles 37 home runs 143 ops plus a 936 uh, ops uh i mean offensively he was just a beast now his defensive war was negative 1.5 which brought his overall value down offensively he was uh, a 3.6 straight up so there's a lot of teams that are looking at bell it's He's a switch hitter with power, uh, the guy you can put in the middle of your lineup and just forget about. And there is a ton of value in that. Um, 
and there's a ton of value in his production. The Indians to get a bell would probably cost you somebody like Valera. Like, let's be honest, or Nolan Jones. It's going to cost you one or the other plus pieces. That's just the beginning. I don't know if it makes a lot of sense for the Indians. I mean, to me, it does. I think the Indians have a, a limited window, and I think once Frankie Lindor is out the door, things are going to get a lot more difficult. In many respects, I kind of feel like that window has started to close a bit just because, I mean, the peak Indian seasons to contend was probably two years ago when they lost to the Astros because that's when you had, like, Kluber at his peak, Bauer at his peak, Carrasco. Um, all the young guys are still locked up. The, the core was in place. Now we're starting to have pieces of that core come off, starting with, with Bauer, and then we've got just Carrasco and Kluber's injuries, and there's there's a lot more uh, leaky parts. You know, Brantley leaving. Uh, the, the, the core of the team is not as strong as it was two years ago. That's not to say they can't compete and they can't win, but it's a lot more difficult. The uh, The best seasons were pretty much from, like, you know, 2017, 2018, maybe 2016. You say that was probably their best three-year window in there, um, especially because they had no competition in the Central, so they could kind of get, put guys out there, see who worked, um, give them a chance to kind of have a very relaxed developmental cycle. But now it's a competition. They probably will not enter the season as favorites to win their own division for the first time in recent memory. And that's why you have to look at a player like Josh Bell, whose core years uh, align with the Indians' core. It's like George Valera is a really interesting prospect, but he has a really high strikeout rate, which implies at that level a lot of risk. Um, I remember I used to love hockey's futures. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore. They had this whole thing of like, a letter and a number so if a player was like a I can't remember the exact things but like a seven let's say like a seven C that meant that they were could be like a first line player but they would have a pretty high amount of risk you know your your goal I think was like a 10 a that's like your Sidney Crosby where it's you're thinking this guy's gonna be a Hall of Famer with almost no risk uh, I mean Valera is someone who'd be like an 8d like there's a significant risk to his profile but the profile is good enough that uh, he would appeal to teams. And if you're out there going, you can't trade George Valera away. I mean, four years ago, everything being said about Valera is what teams were saying about Esteban Florial with the Yankees. Uh, yeah, the guys can work out, and you can get these phenomenal talents, but at least three times out of four, you end up with a Florial in your minors who's just a guy who had the ability, but it never quite came together perfectly. And I'm always willing to flip those type of guys. Um, I've always been, maybe to my detriment, willing to flip those type of guys. I was okay with, like, and deals of, like, trying to flip Kipnis and Lindor before they got to the majors. I just always kind of want to sell at peak value. And I'm totally okay getting three or four years of proven talent over six of unproven. Um, it's maybe not the best approach, but that's always the way I've seen it. And that's especially in a situation where this core is set up where it is I would be totally okay with selling off some of those prospects that aren't going to help you in the next three to four years before this core really starts to unravel and some of those guys end up getting traded away as the Indians do their own rebuild something you don't have to trade away or uh, give up on is bluechew.com they are our sponsor they are almost always our sponsor they are a fantastic sponsor for this podcast, if you want to help support this podcast, you can go to bluechew.com, use the promo code MLB, 
and that lets them know that uh, their money investing in advertising here was worth it. BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. Remember, it's male enhancement. It's a little blue pill. It's chewable, so you can get your bloodstream quicker, allow you to do what you want to do quicker. BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. They've been an awesome sponsor for us all year. Support them, and that helps support us. So the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the NL Central is going to be awful. Um, if you have a team in there, outside of the Pirates, which seem to be pretty well and probably pretty smartly waving the flag, everyone else in that division is set up to try to compete this year. Um, the Reds are probably going to be one of the most active teams in free agency. The Cubs can't afford to be. Uh, the Cardinals have never been much of a free agent team, but the Brewers are in an odd situation because their catcher is a free agent. They decided not to pick up the cheap option on Thames. Keston Huara, you assume, who was utterly fantastic this year, will take over full-time at second. I mean, I was such an Orlando Arcia fan, and he's such a good defender, but offensively, he is just... He's one of the worst offensive shortstops in baseball. Mike Moustakis is another free agent. Ryan Braun got a lot of uh, reps in the outfield. He's probably moving to first when you look at it. Uh, Lorenzo Cain was not good. He definitely started to show some signs of age, and if he doesn't have a rebound, that's going to be a bit of an onerous contract. And then Christian Yelich, one of the best in baseball. Um, that Cain contract, for if you were curious, in the down year uh, at age 33, he's had 16, 17, and 18 million with no buyouts for age 34, 35, and 36. So that's that's not great. But I mean, they were going for it while they had their window. So when you get right down to it, the Brewers need an outfielder, they need a third baseman, they need a catcher, and they should probably consider a shortstop. Um, you know, they traded away Jesus Aguilar for some pitching help. Uh, maybe you hope Travis Shaw can rebound and grab a spot. Ben Gamble got a lot of at-bats. I mean, Trent Grisham, you probably just want to... He finally kind of had a breakout year in the minors and reestablished himself as a top prospect. So you got to assume he's kind of moving into one of those uh, outfield spots for them. So basically it comes down to third base, uh, possibly shortstop and catcher. They have to sign a catcher, though. They don't have anyone at all. Manny uh, Pena, Pena is really not someone you want out there full-time. Now the other thing is this was a Brewers team that traded away Chase Anderson because they didn't want to pay him. Uh, they got Zach Davies, Brandon Woodruff, Adrian Hauser. Those are kind of their four main guys. Uh, Gio Gonzalez was pretty okay for them. And the Penn... Man, you know, they traded away a relatively high pick a year ago for Alex Claudio. He was okay. Um, not great. Uh, Jeremy Jeffries kind of went backwards. They were relying on Matt Albers a lot, who's, you know, 36 to start last season. Josh Hader was fantastic. Uh, Jordan Lyles worked well out of their pen. Drew Pomerantz was great. Corbin Burns is... Man, I was really high on him, and he's been a bit of a disaster since he's gotten a chance in the majors. So they still need a lot of pitching help, and they need, again, a catcher and a shortstop. Now, the Indians can't really help them. They need their own middle infielder, and in terms of catching depth, um, they don't really have a starter to trade. Uh, you've got kind of the three main guys right now on roster. You don't have a, a prospect near to help, so that's, that's not going to help things out. And all of a sudden, a Brewers, a team that was almost loaded with too many bats, may not have enough. Um their minor leagues are some of the weakest in baseball. 
they have not developed particularly well over the past few years, and that kind of leaves them in a situation where, you know, there's Bryce Terang, and did I mention Bryce Terang? And there's also Bryce Terang. I mean, that's that's kind of the situation they are. Uh, guys like uh, Tr- uh, Trent and Lutz have not really developed. A lot of first-rounders just kind of petering out for them. If you, you read any of my write-ups a year ago, I was talking about the idea of a Bauer trade to the Brewers because the Brewers need starting pitching, and, you know, I wanted Terang, and I really like Terang. And Tristan Lutz, that was kind of before he hit a bit of a wall. And then Zach Brown I really liked, but he uh, he had massive struggles this year in AAA. Ethan Small was kind of a reach pick. I mean, he was excellent in the SEC left-hander. There's value in that, but I, I mean, I was high on him, but I did not. I was the high man on him, and I did not expect him to go where he did. Aaron Ashby helped uh, increase his profile. Uh, I mean, Corey Ray. Do you remember Corey Ray? Remember when he was like a top twenty prospect in baseball? He may not even be in the Brewers' top ten. I mean, it's just he he has fallen apart. Uh, Lucas Ersig was supposed to be a guy, and that just hasn't come together. Drew Rasmussen, uh, you know, was one of the guys who was hurt, but has come back. Devin Williams really had a a breakout um, last year at age 25. I believe he got some time in the majors. But this is a long way of saying they have one prospect of note um, at all on any level. If you were curious, just to kind of go back, Corey Ray last year, 188 average, 261 on base, uh, 329 slugging, a runs created plus in AAA over 53 games of 38. I mean, he was just dot, he was hitting worse than a pitcher in AAA. So I, I don't know what you do with that. Maybe he's a buy low candidate. You think you can fix him somehow. Um, he's a nice fourth piece. Teams always like to try to rehabilitate guys like that, but there were always some some holes in, in Ray's game, and now they're exposed. Rasmussen this year in Double A got 18 starts, uh, 11 strikeouts, four walks. He actually had a pretty high bat pip again, so you gotta look at that normalizing a 315 uh, FIP. So yeah, Drew Rasmussen probably for me a top five prospect for them. Uh, I liked him a lot when he was uh, was in college. He just had some injury issues. Ended up uh, kind of having to basically sit out a year, and proved the uh, the Brewers a, a wise uh, spending, as you know they they signed him this year after pretty much like I said missing all of 2018, and he worked across three levels and was dominant in Double A, and honestly Drew Rasmussen probably the number two prospect in system for me. That's how barren this system is. That's how bad guys have performed. Um, the other prospect I mentioned, Devin Williams, was a former second-round pick, or was he? Yeah, second-round pick. He was one of those guys who was a borderline first-rounder. Got up to Double A this year with a strikeout rate over 12, walk rate under five, FIP of 287. I mean, he had he had just been kind of mediocre in the minors and had a huge breakout this year when he was older than the level. But it was his first time up in Double A, so least he wasn't repeating but there's some interesting guys but it kind of sets up the brewers in that situation we talked about with the yankees where it's hard for them to acquire things they don't have the parts and pieces to make a big move they're gonna have to i don't think they're gonna keep grandel and i don't think they're gonna keep moustakis so they I, i don't know where they find you know that third baseman maybe they let travis shaw try again and like i said you move braun to first uh you just deal with rc at shortstop you got uh, Keston at second. 
And then your outfield being Grisham, Yelich, and Kane. They're going to have to sign someone like along the lines of Travis Day Arnd if they and hope he can repeat what he did a year ago. Uh, but pitching is still going to be a need, and that's that's likely where the Indians could step up. I just don't know what the Indians could hope to acquire. Like, if you trade them a Zach Plesac and Adam Pletko, someone of that kind of level, um, you're getting Terang and then other pieces. But I just don't... The, the Brewers are an interesting team a few years ago because of their depth. And they just didn't have that this year. There's no depth in the minors. There's no depth in the majors. Even someone like Terang, who you know I've I've spoke very highly of, really struggled upon his promotion to high A. He's not a slam dunk prospect that uh, maybe he was viewed at halfway through the year before that promotion. I mean, maybe if you're lucky as a, a fan of the Brewers, you're hoping that somebody like... Mario Feliciano will be a little bit better than expected and can get to the, the majors a little quicker than expected. But there's this isn't a team that, you know, this isn't like a few years ago when, you know, back-to-back years they traded first baseman to Tampa for pitching. Now they're the their last three first basemen are all off roster. Um, they've got money wrapped up in guys who aren't performing. Their bench does not project to be anything, and their pitching staff... There just isn't much there. So at the end of the day, the Indians and the Brewers aren't a good fit because the Brewers don't have trade assets. This is a team that has almost no trade assets. Um, They're going to have to try to improve their team with escalating salaries um, by picking around the corners of free agency. I mean, again, this is a team that uh, saved $6 million by cutting Eric Thames. They saved like $8 million giving away Chase Anderson. They did save a little bit of money, and maybe they're going to try to swing in free agency. Or, I mean, I would think more than likely they're going to try to use that to, to bring Rondell back because they don't really have any other option, and they need him, and he was such an important part of their lineup. But they're basically in a position now where the Brewers don't have any tradable assets. They don't have value. If this is a team that wants to continue to compete, they're going to have to buy talent in free agency because... While they have a very analytical front office, they're striking out in terms of development. There is something wrong in their player development because almost every single player that has come through those minors outside of Keston Huara, who was a can't-miss guy, um, has missed. And a lot of them were pretty high picks. Corey Ray was a, was a relatively high pick. Um, Keston was a high pick. Gresham, who's finally getting up there now, was a high pick. So there's, there's something not quite clicking with the Brewers' developmental system. So at the end of the day, Brewers and Indians are not a fit because the Brewers don't have any trade assets. It's just as simple as that. Thank you for listening. Uh, this has been Jeff Ellis. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. And as always, thank you and go Tribe.